Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Okay, so I guess, Jim, whenever you're feeling the urge. <laughs> yeah, just a second. <laughs> I think that's a good way to kick off a show. How about you guys? Uh, Jim, whenever you're feeling the urge. Okay, let's get it rolling. <laughs> Hi again, everybody. It's Jungle Jim Jerome coming in with a special edition of Inside Curling with our two World Curling Hall of Famers, Warren Hansen. Who just celebrated a birthday. Yeah, well, just keep it up, Jim. Keep it up. And Kevin Martin, Olympic champion. This is Friday evening. We've all stayed up late. It's a little late for Kevin and I, but of course, Warren is like a bat. He just hangs himself <laughs> upside down for 10 minutes, and then he's completely refreshed for the rest of the day. Oh, man. Uh, of course, the Scotties is on. We wanted to jump on here and uh, talk about things, what, what Kevin and Warren thought about them. The best sports sign I've seen, black to the future. Not bad. This this girl's kicking up some stink, you know, with all the favorites. And can I say this, okay? I've never been more uninterested in watching an event when I realized, I had to call Hanson, Kevin, right? And I'm going, okay, who's in, who's out? What's going on here, okay? How, does, <laughs> how is this all coming down? And in the end, I'm sitting watching four teams who are going to play again tomorrow. The same four teams. They might not be playing each other. It, it, it's like, as a fan, it was the worst, but... And the day after. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I, I get it. They're fighting to get to the one-two page. So if you can go right to the final if you win that game. But friends of mine were here watching it with me going, so what happens here? I said, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I don't worry about it. Because uh, you'll see these same four teams tomorrow playing each other. But anyway, let's do a show. Thank you to all our sponsors, Sports Interaction, Coyote Tractor, Goldline, and Nestle Boost. They're with us each and every week, and we really appreciate them, and we appreciate you supporting them. Uh, the Scotties, Kamloops, uh, Saturday will be the start of the four-team page playoff. We're going to take a look at that and how the teams got there. <laughs> we'll throw it to Warren, I guess, Kev, to break it all down. How? Go, go, go for it, Warren. Yeah, okay. <laughs> a lot of discussion this week about social media, about the attendance. I don't ever want to fall in that trap when the seats are empty at the first end. Didn't look very busy to me. Warren, you're going to tell us all about that. 130 comments. Uh, that was a couple hours ago, Warren. So there might be more. Uh, Saturday, February 25th is Curling Day in Canada. I love that. We'll talk about that. And we're going to give you our picks for the weekend. We got the final four in the bank. Page playoff Saturday afternoon. Okay, Warren, you're on. How'd we get here? Who, who's going to win? <laughs> what do you think so far? Okay, well, sit down and uh, put your feet up because I'll try to explain how we've got to where we are. So when we started this event, 18 teams, two pools of nine. They played a round robin, and that round robin ended on Thursday night. Pool B was pretty straightforward. In the fact that two teams finished tied for first in McCarville and Jones, 
both with seven and one records. McCarville got first because she beat Jones in the round robin, and Rachel Holman of Ontario finished in third at six and two. Pool A was a little less straightforward. In fact, Team Canada got first spot with an eight and zero, but we end up with four teams tied in second spot with five and three records: Quebec, Nova Scotia, BC, and Wildcard One, which is Caitlin Laws. So that meant we were going to have some tiebreakers. And uh, this kind of came out of left field to some degree as well as to how they did this. In the end, it was okay. But because there was four teams tied for second, they simply had uh, two games. And the two winners would go in. One would be second, one would be third. And uh, and then we'd continue on from them. So this morning we had the tiebreakers. And the one, BC was playing Quebec. BC uh, easily took that game 9-3. to three. And the other game was Nova Scotia against Caitlin Laws. Quite a game right down to the end. Uh, young skip Kristen Black from Nova Scotia made a great shot with her last in the 10th end to take a 7-6 win over Caitlin Laws. So Caitlin Laws was done. In the round robin, uh, Nova Scotia defeated BC. So they were awarded second place and BC became third in Pool A. Now we go to the next step of the process. So what had been indicated was after the conclusion of the round robin, and we got three teams in A and three teams in B, they originally said that the teams two and three from A would cross over to B and B over to A. But what it turned out in the end is the second place teams are the ones that crossed over. So from the A side, Nova Scotia now being second, moved over to play Holman on the B side, and Jones, who was second on the B side, moved over to play BC on the A side. So those games happened this afternoon to determine who the final four would be. In the one game, Manitoba defeated BC fairly handily 9-4. And again, the other one with Nova Scotia against Rachel Holman of Ontario. Again, quite a game and a performance by Christine Black as she defeated Ontario 7-6. So we now had the stage set for the final four, but we're not there yet because the games this evening were virtually seeding games for the page playoff. So in the one game, we mentioned that now Jones was over to the A side. We had Manitoba, Jennifer Jones, against Kerry Ineson, Team Canada, to determine who was going to be position one in that A pool. Manitoba won 7-6 to six over Canada. At uh, one point in time, Jones was up, I think, 5-1, to one, but uh, Ineson snuck back. So Manitoba won that one. In the other game between Northern Ontario and Nova Scotia, Northern Ontario took that game 6-3 to three over Nova Scotia, so now we'll set the stage for tomorrow. We will have tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock, Manitoba will play Northern Ontario, and the virtually it's going to be the one versus one game or one versus two game. The winner will go to the final at 6 o'clock on Sunday night, while the loser will play in the semifinal at noon on Sunday. In the other game, which will feature Canada and Nova Scotia, That'll happen at, I think, 1 o'clock tomorrow uh, Pacific time. The winner of that game goes to the semifinal on Sunday morning, and the loser is eliminated. So, I know that's as clear as mud, but that's the the way it all fell down, and that's how it put together. Any questions? I got, uh, you know, I'm dying to say, I'm dying to say, I'm dying to go... <laughs> Warren, could you go over that again, please? I missed the second part. <laughs> well, don't, we shouldn't feel alone because Ted Wyman of uh, uh, Post Media wrote a column here this evening that I read just before we've gone on air, and he says it's the most confusing playoff system he's ever seen in sports, so we're right. not alone. <laughs> what, what do you say, Kevin? Is there anything good out of this, or, or what, what are your thoughts? 
Well, is there some good things? Well, yeah, the curling has been fantastic, actually. Um, it's been great. But but this playoff system, I actually I phoned Warren this morning because I couldn't figure it out. And and I've, I've played a fair amount of curling in my life. And, and Warren said, well, no, the, actually, both pools don't completely switch. Only one part of each pool switches over in the playoffs. I go, well, but, but I didn't read that. I, I, I must have read it different somewhere else. And, and I think the, the communication has been sort of inconsistent with between Curling Canada the, and whoever's making the, the, the rules as we go here and TV and the, and the teams. I just don't think it's been consistent. It's been very confusing for everybody, fans and players uh, included. So anyways, yeah, what do I see? Well, I have really enjoyed Christina Black, Jim my goodness. Um, black to the future. Black yep. to the future. Oh, my. <laughs> Incredible. Um, just uh, a real joy to watch. And I, I, I love her personality. And uh, making those draws to the button at will, anytime. Uh, making those freezes. It's, it's just been a real treat to watch. The curling in general, but, but, but her in particular. Holman, I guess, is about the only surprise, right, that didn't make the final four? Uh I think to some degree. I mean, uh, Caitlin Laws struggled too, but you, you got to give Caitlin Laws a, a pass because uh, that was virtually uh, a new team with Walker playing third with her for the right. first time. So, I mean, that was they, they did pretty well considering all. I don't know. The Holman team kind of seemed to be struggling uh, most of the week as well. I'm not sure what was going on there. They fell victim to the Dragon Slayer this afternoon. She, she was just not going to be beaten, and, and she wasn't. So I think pretty, things pretty much probably shook down as we see them. Just just an interesting thing to reference. We talk about who is in this final four. So in the Canadian team ranking system, uh, we've got uh, four teams there that, that are part of the top 10. Einerson is one, uh, Jones is three, and Christina Black is number nine. The, the interesting one here is McCarvel, who has played extremely well all week. And, and the story on that team is, is a fantastic uh, one to some degree because they're number 61 in the Canadian team ranking system. But that team doesn't play much. They don't go in very many competitions, so they can't get their numbers up there versus a team like uh, Grandy, uh, why they are where they are, because they played so many events this year, they got themselves ranked up as high as number five. So the McCarville story is a really interesting one. They don't play much, but uh, watching them this week, they're playing as well or as good as they ever had, in my opinion. So look out. This could be their year. What do you think, Kevin? I, I, I think it could be. They're the ones that kind of mess up the pools. Because everybody knows they're, yes. they're really, really good, but, but yeah, they're, they're ranked, ranked really, really low. 15th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense where, where they're at. So uh, it kind of messes up the pools. But anyway, that's that's not their fault. They just don't they don't play a lot. They practice a lot, obviously. You can tell that by how, how well they curl. Will it be their year? Mental fatigue could be a factor late because the skip, it is really hard on a skip to curl in these events that take so many days. And for a, for a skip that does practice a lot, but doesn't play a lot of tough, gritty games, you know that that's what I'm worried about with uh, with Krista uh, McCarvel. And can she hang in there? You know what I mean? It's it's really hard. Now she's experienced; she's been close before. So you know, maybe it's her time to finish off. I'm worried a little bit about you know having some focus issues coming down the stretch, just because not, just not used to it. I think the one thing out of this week that you should be impressed with, I would think, Kevin, as well, is is a bunch of these young players as to how they are, are coming up the ladder. BC, Alberta, Megan Walter, uh, the Jones team, uh, everybody that's in front of Jennifer, the Quebec team, the Nova Scotia team. And without question, Christina Black is the star of them all. I think uh, the new high-performance director for Canada, I think I'd be holding a camp with those teams and probably a couple more 
And boy, have you got the potential there to build some really strong teams, I think. And I think in every case as well, the teams aren't strong from top to bottom, but there's some very good players there. Yeah, I'd be booking a building right away to get camp started. There's so much talent, but not necessarily are they all together. Like, you know, some teams have holes here or there, but boy, to get them all together and start maybe molding some new teams with the younger group would be, would be fantastic. I agree with you, Warren. It's really exciting actually to see how much talent there is on the ice. Right. Uh, you know, my dad always said, if you're going to complain about something, you better have a solution. So I got, I got to ask you guys both. Um, I guess the pools the, the you know, getting teams into each pool is not, it's not an exact science. It's probably tougher on the on the really good teams, because you can get, you know, someone gets hot. Uh, it's an advantage, of, you know, to the lesser talented teams. But but after the pools are done, we've we've made fun of this uh, about the playdowns, and um, you know, Warren tried to break it down as as best we can to explain it to everyone. But how do you fix it then, Warren? I think the page system was originally used in softball, and it was designed for actually a two a two pool setup, just exactly like this. And I think nine teams, that's perfect. It's set perfectly for the page playoffs. So you go through your your round robin preliminary in both sections, A and B, and at the end you take the top two teams. One plays one, two plays two. The winner of one versus one goes to the final. A loser goes to semifinal. The winner of two versus two goes to semifinal. The loser's gone. Right. Clean, simple. And I think uh, fair as it can be, out of nine teams, if you're not in the top two uh, after playing eight games, you probably really shouldn't be there probably anyway. So I think that's the fairest way and the cleanest way of doing it. And I mean, we ran that page system with 12 teams uh, for 20 years Mm -hmm. and it seemed to work pretty well. So I think that's the answer. I, I think Somebody, they're overthinking themselves as to giving people too many chances. And I think one posting was on uh, on Facebook, which I thought was a good one, was how many times do you have to give a team a chance to lose? <laughs> that's more or less. <laughs> well, that's a good comment. Yeah. I hadn't read that. That's, that's well said. How, how would you fix it, Kev, if you yeah, would? Well, I, I, obviously, I like to pay. I, I've played so many events with the page over the years. It makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. If there's a need, if if the organizers, you know, we don't own the event. If the organizers feel that six teams have to get in, then you could easily put the the two winners of the pools into the semis. The twos and threes play in the in the quarters. Right. The winners go to the semis, and then they go to the final period. Something that people can understand. Like it, it has to be much much simpler if we're going to draw in more and more curling fans uh, into our sport. Mm-hmm. This is very tricky to to really get a grasp on this playoff structure. Um, so I, I, I certainly don't like this. But if it has to be six, that's pretty simple. But I agree with Warren. There's only 18 teams. Right. You know, a 32-team bonds bill, eight teams always qualified. Well, this is only eight. This is 18. Right. Four seems fair. How big would it be, Warren, if Black wins the Scotties? Well, yeah, it'd be pretty, pretty amazing. Um is she ready to win? Um, I guess that's probably the question, but I mean, it would be uh, would be quite an accomplishment without question, but uh, we'll see. I mean, she's got the touch uh, that's just right now like magic. She can't seem like when she's got to make a shot, she makes right. it. But again, her youth showed up a few times today as well, where she missed uh, some pretty easy wide open shots, which you won't see the top guns do that usually when it gets down to the, the heat of the 11th hour. Mm-hmm. How about you, Kev? What If she ever got pulled this off? Well, I'd be I, I'd be so happy for her. You would, yeah. She well, yeah. She's just been incredible. But you don't get to make a bunch of highlight reel shots if you're not in trouble. 
a lot. Oh, yeah. And so she's point. been in trouble a lot. And she's just been amazing. Even the very best, which she's certainly one of, will come with a normal game. <laughs> we'll play like, like a normal, really good curling game, 80%. Mm-hmm. And at that point, she will lose because she's been in so much trouble. Uh, a lot of ends. So I've really enjoyed watching her. I'll really enjoy watching it tomorrow. And I, I try to be unbiased, but how do you not cheer for her? Right. She's yeah. just awesome. But anyway, oh, she's going to have to continue to shoot 100. And, and it's just not really, per, you know, it's not really possible. So I think, uh, unfortunately, I don't I don't see her picking up the gold medals here this week. But mm-hmm. um, boy, I, I, I don't see where she might not win sometime. Right. I'm just not sure it's today. We're going to see lots of her. Yeah. Absolutely. What a joy. I love what you said there, that people who keep pulling off, I, I think Russ always called them laser eye surgery shots. He keeps using that the whole yeah. week. <laughs> you know, and she, she he goes, it's not a chance. It's like laser eye surgery. And she did it. Listen to the Inside Curling podcast ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Uh, okay, Warren, we got to get to our picks. This was my uh, Northwest Territories beard. I wasn't going to shave until they lost. <laughs> I think that was one of my picks, wasn't it? <laughs> well, here we go. Okay. Uh, first off, let's go to uh, Pool A. Uh, we all picked Anderson, so three check marks for Warren, Kevin, and Jim. Thank you. We all picked Laws, Uh-oh. three X's for Warren, Jim, and Kevin. On the bottom side, we had three different picks. I picked Alberta. They had a good run. They were very close, but not quite uh, quite there. Kevin picked Granby. He's a winner. And Jim picked Black. Jim's a winner. So Jim and Kevin are two out of three, and Warren's one out of three. Black to the future. Yeah. <laughs> now we go to B. We all picked Holman. Mm. We're winners. Kevin and I picked Jones. We're winners. Jim picked Galusha. Oh, no. No. No cigar. <laughs> <laughs> and in the third spot, Warren picked McCarville. Three check marks for Warren. Uh-oh. Kevin picked Schneidegger, X, and Jim picked Walter, X. So in the totaling up, uh, Kevin Uh-oh. and Warren are tied with four correct picks out of six, and Jim's got three. I'd say you did darn good, Jim. <laughs> Except my pick is the is the risky pick because I'm a gambler. With black. My pick is worth like four of your picks that I picked for. Okay. <laughs> uh, very good. Um, are we doing any more picking tonight before the show's over or not? Uh, yes, we are. Okay. We're going to pick uh, two finalists and a winner. Okay, we'll get to that later. Let's go. we got more stuff to talk about on this show. Uh, television all week. The building in Kamloops was pretty thin uh, from a spectator's people point of view who had showed up at the arena. Warren, you put out a Facebook post uh, pointing out the possible reasons for there not being many people in attendance, and you got 150 comments. I didn't know people liked you that much, Warren. Okay, that they're <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. What do you got, Warren, to sum it all up for us about the attendance? Well, I think this is something we should should mention because uh, somebody put something up, and I and I expanded on it as to what the attendance at a Scottish normally would be. And uh, 
everybody jumped all over it. So quite frankly, the event in Kamloops is probably averaging about 1,500 a draw. I figure their total attendance in the end will be around 55,000, which for the building and location uh, would be pretty normal, I think, for that event. If I look back over the last 10 years, um, it hasn't drawn anything large probably since probably around 10, 2010, 20, in that in that uh, area. Uh, it's usually been, depending where it is, 55 to 65,000. So uh, that's not out of the question. Uh, so I think there's nothing to uh, to get excited about because of how it's being marketed and what they're doing with that event. I don't think it's changed a lot. I think there's a lot of things you might be able to do in this day and age to try and bolster up the attendance uh, in, in many ways and shapes and forms that you could do. But that's going to be up to uh, Curling Canada and the events as to how deep they want to get into the pool. I think with, with all these events, everybody needs to start to make some moves in the direction of getting the building full of people, because I think that's how we're going to sell things. And uh, whether that will cost money in the end, if people aren't buying the tickets at the current price, um, you can't lose much by decreasing the price of it, I, I don't think. So that, I think that's some things that people have to look at. I think the length of things, again, I think as far as increasing attendance, we need to get shorter. And uh, again, I still believe the 8N game is the is the answer as we go forward. Uh, there's people also wanting coverage of every sheet of ice. And I think uh, when that does start to happen, it's got to be done very carefully. Because if you can watch every sheet of ice without going to the building, a lot of people are going to say, why would I go to the building? So all this stuff has to be considered with all these events as we move forward over the next few years. But the question of, is Kamloops out of the ordinary for the Scotties? No, it's probably pretty much where it would have been pre-COVID, and I think the television numbers are probably in the same ballpark as well. Kevin? Yeah, well, to me, uh, you you nailed it on a couple of, of points. Um, Got to shorten these events up. Like it's you know The curlers yeah. had to come in. I think Too their long. practice day was Thursday. Thursday, for goodness sakes. So they're flying into Kamloops on Wednesday, and the final Sunday night, they'll fly out Monday. So the idea of a national championship, first of all, a provincial championship is get a a provincial champion to go to the international. Okay. And then the national, the only reason you play a national is to get a team to go to the world championships. That's it. So why take so many days? Because right away here, whoever wins this in, in just a few days, they're off to the worlds and that's going to take uh, over in Sweden. That's going to be over here and be gone at least right. two weeks, maybe more. Well, that it's, just, I don't know. It's just to me, let's shorten these events up eight ends, maybe start on, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday, something like that. And, uh, and, and wrap it up. Like, like that. So let's get the champ. Cream's going to rise to the top. We just got to figure out how to do it a little quicker. When you and I were hanging out, Warren, you had a quarter million people went through the turnstile. I know we've talked about it before with a bunch of reasons, but like that's five times less people, Warren, from, you know, doing the Briar and the Scotties and a, a lot of things have changed. Um, and let me probably first say that to both the Scotties and the Briar, uh, there was a period of time when there was a lot of people traveled to these events and stayed for the entire week. It was it was right. affordable for them, and it was it was like an entertainment package. and And they were there were people that were probably in that at that point in time in the age category of right. forty to sixty. And so that group of people has gotten older. But I think the first real wake up call to me that things had changed was at the Briar and Edmonton in twenty thirteen that Kevin played in. And it was kind of, to some degree, the last big hurrah. It was, I think, 170,000 attendants. And the previous one we had done there was like 240,000, I think, whatever the case may be. But the big thing that was different there, every Briar prior to that, there was 3,000 people that came to the Edmonton Briar from Saskatchewan. Crazy. And that one, there was only five, that was only 500. 
And I think people stopped traveling because mm-hmm. of the cost. I think they stopped traveling because uh, they just got older and, and uh, there, wasn't, there wasn't anybody right. to replace them. So I, th- I think that along with a whole pile of things, I think the, the, the event has changed. I mean, at one time there was people that came from practically every province in some numbers because, you know, every team back in uh, up until probably 2006, 2007 pretty much had a chance. And now that's been cut down so narrow, so tight that, that so many teams right. don't have that chance. And so they, they don't have anybody except probably family and close close uh, friends that, that travel with them. So a lot of things have changed. I, again, I think, and, and I tried to spur this 10 years ago, Again, it's the big room discussion of sitting down and going through everything as to where were we, where are we now, and what has to happen going forward. Because as we know in life, nothing stays the same. Things are constantly changing, and we have to change to stay ahead of the game. I'm hurt, Warren. I was waiting for you to say, well, Jerome uh, ran the patch, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jim, you should really be happy to know that the last briar that had 150,000 people, uh, you were there, you were the... That was in Calgary in 2015, and they've never come close to scaring that since. So when Jerome was gone, they stopped coming. coming. That's got it. I'm sure. I'm sure Curling Canada is looking at that. Very good. Uh, Very good. Interesting stuff. Uh, Congratulations to Kamloops. uh, You know, to to host the Scotties. That I've been around them. They are not easy events to pull off, and to get the volunteers and get everyone involved in that thing and. uh, Although the crowd may be a little light, um, I, I get what it takes to run those things. It sure looks good on TV. Congratulations to them. Saturday, February 25th. Is that tomorrow? That's tomorrow. It's curling day in Canada. What's going on? Well, this is something we started uh, a couple of years ago, I think just pre-pandemic by Curling Canada. So it's kind of a day of celebrating the sport Canada-wide where curling clubs are asked to do some special things in this day. And they've kind of picked uh, a central point for the national celebration of sport. And it's going to be Banff. Banff is going to become the home tomorrow for a curling day in Canada. And there's going to be many things happening between noon and 6 p.m. roughly. You can meet a couple of the better curlers in the game today. And old friends of Kevin's, John Morris and Ben Hebert, are both going to be there as kind of the the MCs of the day and the personalities that are going to be carrying the load for Curling Canada. They're going to have the Briar Tankard with them for photos. There's going to be street curling, croquet curl, live music, and a lot of activities taking place tomorrow in BAM. So if you have a chance, go there. But if not, check out things with your local club because there's lots of things happening across the country tomorrow in the celebration of Curling Day. Cool. Fantastic. Uh Maybe I'll rip to Banff. I haven't been there in a little while. Kevin, <laughs> yeah. do you want me to pick you up at six? We'll go down. And away we go. <laughs> go down and see Jenny Moen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fast. If You know what? I'll tell you, the trip is uh, worth just to go see Johnny Moe and uh, Hebert do their get, get behind the mic. It'll be good. Um, It'll be good with those two guys. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, the moment we've all been waiting for, Warren, we had mentioned it. We teased you. We're going to do our picks who we think will be in the final on Sunday, and uh, who will win. Kevin, we're going to let you go first. Well, isn't this tough? So you've got Anderson playing black. you got, you got to go Team Canada in that one, so I think they'll move up. But then you got Jones playing McCarville. I kind of I like McCarville in that game, i got to tell you. So I, I think she gets in the final, and Jonesy plays Anderson. Wow, what a heavyweight battle. I don't know. I think McCarville's in the final, and, and I'll say Anderson comes back and wins that one. 
And then I, I really think you're looking at a Canadian champion four years in a row. So I'm going to go Anderson over McCarville in the final. She had a bad kick last year. That was a different thing that they were doing again last year that I thought was even more unfair. And she lost the first game in that playoff, and she had to come back and win three straight. So she virtually came from the ditch to win. Kevin picks Einerson. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick uh, Galushu. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with I'm going with the kid. I'm going with the kid from Nova boy. Scotia. I'm going backwards here, Warren. I guess is this? Can I do this? Sure. I th- I think she's going to win the Scotties. I think it's the 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 young guns are going to come through. Although Kevin, I I know you said she's maybe been behind the eight ball too much and been maybe a bit lucky. I'm going. Oh, with no, lo- I didn't say love word lucky. She's yep. making all the shots. All right. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> okay, put- Jim. So who's who's she going to beat in the final? Uh, she's going to beat Jennifer Jones. Okay, so JJ versus Black in the final, and Jim says Black. Kevin says Einerson. And Warren says JJ is playing well. Her young guns in front of her are playing well. I think she's going to make the final. I think Carrie Einerson will fight back through the bottom side because of the record she has at doing that and an old veteran. And I think in the end, J.J. and her youngsters are going to come out on top because uh, she's got that burn in her eye right now. And I think uh, watching her tonight, I think uh, she can do it. And she's beating who? Jones is going to beat who? Einerson. All right. So we're all different. We're all different. Woo-hoo! Uh, just 72 more games to go, and we'll know who the champion is, okay? <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, but all we want, it's getting down. We're down to the final four. And uh, it's been a great week. And uh, the weekend's, Kev, as you said, what a, what a game tomorrow. Okay, so there's a wrap uh, on the show, boys. Enjoy the curling all weekend long. If you're down in Banff, celebrate curling day. Thank you to our sponsors, Sports Interaction, Coyote Tractor, Goldline, and Nestle Boost for bringing you this special edition, which we do often throughout the year. Also, a reminder, send us an email, insidecurling at gmail.com. If you haven't already, uh, joined the forces that are taking on Warren and the curling world uh, 150 comments Warren I bet it was more than that Warren you're probably you probably toned it down for us a little bit uh, so we'd love to hear from you join our Facebook group and check out all things curling take it easy boys have a good weekend thanks Jim thanks Jimmy everybody have a great curling day go black go Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.